This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Tuesday, April 21st, wherever and however you're connected, welcome. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with two-time national runner-up in BYU video game competition, Jerem Jordan. Well, apparently there are still simulations going on, right? Twitter polls, simulations. We don't have real sports, so we have to re, uh, you know, reside in other ways uh, and survive that way. Seton Hall takes down BYU in the Reddit 2K8 simulation national championship. Jake Toulson had a three with three seconds left that didn't go down. Oh, So the Pirates uh, take BYU. Da- well, I, I don't care. Yeah, losing to Seton Hall and Wisconsin, not great. But I would rather lose to Seton Hall than Wisconsin. And BYU was the national runner-up in the ESPN Basketball Power Index simulated craziness. It's twice. Can't BYU just win one of them? Or is Cosmo enough? What, are we we greedy? BYU got into the Final Four twice in these made-up. Have we not figured this out? Yes, BYU fans are greedy. Oh, I know that. (laughs) Absolutely. National championship. That's I thought the it, best and worst thing that ever happened to BYU. In the same breath. I thought it was a solid effort from Jake Toulson and Luke Worthington, too. You know, coming off the bench as an assistant coach yeah, to play in that game. Still on the team in the simulation, which is fun. <laughs> Luke! Today's show lineup features anything but a bench warmer. Utah Prep Basketball Gatorade Player of the Year, Dallin Hall, making his BYU Sports Nation debut. Why he chose BYU and Mark Poe, plus the best to ever wear the jersey number one at BYU. Bitter Indiana fans all over the place and the top five Jamal Williams games all time at BYU for our top five Tuesday. Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. BYU men's volleyball has three first-team All-Americans, according to the ABCA's All-American list, released about 30 minutes ago. Gabby Garcia-Fernandez, Davide Gardini, and Will Stanley are the three. Congratulations. Garcia-Fernandez becomes the sixth BYU player with three first or second awards uh, from BYU, while Gardini and Stanley are first-time first-teamers. The Cougars are also tied for the second-most first-team All-Americans ever now with 30. Uh, tied with Hawaii, Long Beach State has the most ever. And it's also a first for the Cougars in a long time, which is our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. BYU has three first-team All-Americans in the ABCA for the first time since 2001 and second time ever. That's pretty cool. A trifecta of awesomeness. Yeah, and Zach Eschenberg was honorably mentioned, so four All-Americans in all. Really validating for the season. I just sent out a tweet with some of the notes of the season, and I mean, you could argue this is one of the greatest seasons ever for BYU. It's unfortunate that we don't have the finish to really have that conversation, but uh, we'll certainly have it. I think the 99 team's the best team ever, and then this team's right up there, man. Wow. That's saying something. So when BYU wins the national championship next year, let's just go ahead and declare them 2020 and 2021 national champions, okay? I don't like that. You don't like it? (laughs) No. It's all about that greed, right? We want more. Always. BYU and Western Kentucky riding the momentum of the Sirius XM 2020 mascot national championship Twitter poll match are discussing actual games in the future. Both athletic directors, BYU's Tom Homo and Western Kentucky's Todd Stewart, have communicated left off by WKU's Stewart, who said, 
Let's make it happen, Tom Homo. Homo replied, ironic how Cosmo and Big Red could get their two ADs together to talk a little future fun and games. Great chatting with you, Todd. Good luck, Hilltoppers. Will it happen in football or basketball or both? What are, what are they? What league? Are they in the Sun Belt? Are they FBS? I, I don't even know in football. Western Kentucky is FBS. Okay. In basketball, there's certainly a, a team that you've heard of in the tournament, right? In football, that would be a, that'd be an interesting matchup. Go to Kentucky. You would go on the road, maybe. Or not beyond that. The Big Ten announces it's creating a task force for emerging infectious diseases. There will be a rep from each school formed to provide counsel, sound medical advice, and so on. The Cougars play Michigan State in Week 2, Minnesota in Week 4 this season. Or so we hope. In men's golf news, Peter Quest and Rhett Rasmussen honored as members of the Ping Division I All-Region team. Both seniors have chosen to pursue pro careers instead of using the COVID-19 exception and returning to BYU for another year. Can't fault him. Quest ended his career with the best single season stroke average in program history at 69.4. He had 10 career wins and was on the Haskins Award final watch list for the nation's best player. Peter Quest for perfection was well on his way at BYU. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending, presented by Trio Senior Living. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. It was inevitable. Amidst nationwide quarantines and lack of sports, college football conference, realignment, hypotheticals, specifically BYU going back to the Mountain West Conference was destined to make an appearance on the social media sphere right now. I can hear your eye rolls, BYU Sports Nation. Here we go again. Why are we talking about this? The horse is dead. It's been dead for years. Yet here we are. Doug Robinson, a longtime writer for the Utah-based newspaper Deseret News, has ventured into the war-torn no-man's land BYU back to the Mountain West conversation, and the guns are ablazing at the audacity to traverse the destitute terrain that is this conversation. We read it, Jerem, because we had to. So, where was Doug Robinson right, and where was he wrong in his assessment that now is the time for BYU to return to the Mountain West Conference. We didn't have to read it. We just we're, we have no games. We're bored. Um, the basis of the article is that if if college football is going to play only conference games, then BYU's left out of that conversation, right? So that's the basis. But Doug does go to this well like once a year. It feels like the last several to stir the pot, and he does stir the pot. And guess what? We're playing into the stirring of that pot right now by talking about it. Um, where is he right? Um, he's right in a, a, a couple of ways in terms of BYU being less kind of relevant and known in independence. The issue is not independence. The issue is that BYU is not at good, as good at football as they used to be. Part of that is the schedule. Part of that is injuries. The ineptitude, the injuries, the schedule, this is all played into it. If BYU had had once every four or five years, so it's been nine years, let's say twice in independence in nine years, if BYU had beaten Utah and had a 10-win season, this would not be a conversation. But because BYU has not, uh, Doug and people like Doug feel like uh, this should be a conversation. We're in the middle of a sort of uh, you know, interesting financial situation in the United States and the world. Why in the world would BYU go back to a league that makes less money? Okay, For one thing, that, uh, that wouldn't make sense at all. I think Doug is mostly arguing competitively. What are you playing for if you're BYU? I understand that part. Like, 
I think there's value in winning a conference championship. What Doug uh, ignores is the relationship or lack thereof between Craig Thompson and BYU. That is irreparable. <laughs> like it's not irreparable. Going, yeah, it, it's not going to happen. And uh, so he's it, also he mentions like nine opponents, cupcakes that BYU's played. Six of those are FCF teams. Doug, do you realize that? Everybody almost everybody plays, plays an FCS team so at least once a year. You've na- I can name plenty of cupcakes that Utah's played as well. Like it's that's not unique to BYU. No, it's not yeah. unique to Alabama or any team in the SEC for that matter. It's only unique to who like uh, USC or something. They never play an FCS team. Whatever. Great. I'm having a hard time saying anything about this take is right. I understand his sentiments to a degree. With yeah, it was fun to win conference championships and be competing for something in November against Wyoming and New Mexico and UNLV. It gives relevance to those games, but I cannot in good conscience say that anything about this take is right. We play the what if game a lot. We have to, and you're right. That's all we have right now. If Taysom Hill and Jamal Williams don't have season ending injuries, Taysom Hill, four of them, then we're not sitting here saying independence isn't working. BYU in 2014 wins 11 games. Taysom Hill, top five Heisman Trophy finalist probably. And the Cougars have their special season that they wanted in independence. Or if Taysom Hill doesn't break his foot in game one of 2015, a season which they won nine games with a true freshman Tanner Mangum starting, if Taysom Hill's the quarterback for the most, majority of that season, then BYU might have a 10-win or 11-win season there. Like, th- there's no conversation. It has paid off. Going independent paid off at that point, but it didn't. So here we are. My issue is BYU has not been consistent enough over the course of this independence run that even if they were in the Mountain West Conference, to win the Mountain West Conference. So what's better? Hard to know on that one. What's better? Being re- What is relevant? Being a top two or three finisher in the Mountain West Conference? Mm, relevance no, in the no. group of five is being the group of five team that earns their way to a New Year's Six bowl it, game. Well, being one of them. Last year, I would argue Cincinnati and Boise State and Memphis were relevant. The three of them were competing for that spot. And they were in the top 25, right? And it was fun. Yeah, listen, I think we have to distinguish between on and off the field in this conversation. Off the field, independence has been really good for BYU. They've been in a better financial situation. They've been seen more. But I argue this all the time. On the field should matter more than off the field. And BYU has not been good enough on the field. That's the issue. Everything is ancillary to on the field. Everything. If BYU made the most money in the NCAA, but they lost every game, is that a favorable – like? That's Texas, right? You need to win, and then you get seen, and then BYU people talk about you. I don't even care what channel BYU's on, per se. I would rather have them win and not be as seen than, than not win very much and be seen. That's the era we're in right Was now. Was BYU more relevant in 2008 and nine than they are now when they were winning more games? Seasons? Yes. Seasons. Now... This people launch a lot of the counter arguments, so I'm prepared for this conversation uh, quite a bit, on, especially on Twitter. BYU is relevant when they beat Tennessee and they beat USC, right? But those aren't the f- we're not looking for flashes. We're looking for like sustained happiness, right? As a football program, has BYU been good enough to have sustained happiness, even if they were in the Mountain West Conference over the last nine years? It's hard to know what an eight or nine 
eight-win season with BYU's front-loaded Power 5 heavy schedules would have yielded in terms of Mountain West teams. Like, I would love to see 06 through 09 or even some of the 80s teams play the schedules BYU plays now. Sure. And see if they don't lose three games and get out of the conversation. You know what I mean? A lot of those, at some point, maybe drop a fourth. And then it's like, whoa, 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 that's a nine-win team. Now, 2006 did play a front-loaded schedule. Right, but they played in the Mountain West. Arizona. And they were consistent and good enough to win in the Mountain West. You named two teams. It wasn't like they played four or five. My issue is BYU was 11-12 and 12 against Group of Five competition over the last three seasons. 11-12. and 12. Where would they finish in the Mountain West Conference with that type of 500 record against right. Group of Five teams? Would they be as beat up going into those conversations? Would they physically and mentally be in the same position? I, I think they would have been more prepared to handle a Group of Five schedule, right? Ultimately, it's hard to know. But BYU ain't going back to the Mountain West. They, they're not going back to the Mountain West at any point in the future. BYU has like, more it's money. It's not happening. More money in a situation where everybody wants more money because of our current world pandemic Who scenario. doesn't want more money in any situation? ESPN contract, and they are a free agent to move if and when major college football realignment happens. That's all better, in my opinion, to me, than BYU – well, they could win the Mountain West Conference, and maybe if they win the Mountain West Conference, then they're the best group of five team. And then if they do those two things, maybe they'll get into that New Year's Six bowl game, and voila, it's easy, relevance. That We're talking about minuscule chances based on the lack of consistency that BYU football has had recently. And I don't even think that's the conversation for Doug. I think it's just playing for a conference title. Because let's be honest, once BYU loses a game, and especially two. What what is BYU playing for? Would you feel better about eight and five? But hey, they won the Mountain West Conference. Uh, probably, yeah, yeah. You'd at least you'd be able to quantify success in another way. You'd say, oh, we won the league. Let, let, listen, we all want to act like BYU's better than the Mountain West competitively. Listen, when BYU went independent, they were they were with Utah and TCU, kings of that league, right? From 06 to 09, BYU had its winningest four-year period in history. It won 43 games. They then announced independence. BYU feels like, competitively, this is going to work. In 2010, BYU has a rebuilding year after they lose all those seniors on that 09 team. They're 7-6. and six. They have a nice New Mexico Bowl. They Jay Keeps, they're growing, right? The freshman quarterback. Then 2011, it doesn't go well with Heaps. He ends up transferring. BYU plays an easy schedule, getting into Indy. They go 10-3. and three. That's still... 10-plus wins in four of the last five years. Everything's fine. What happens, though, is BYU gets a little prideful and schedules up, and then 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, you go, what, eight or nine wins, and, you, and you're, you're doing well, you're winning some big games, you're playing a lot of them, you're on national TV, ESPN, more money. That's awesome, but BYU didn't have that 10-win season. Then you get into 17. That was an abomination, 4-9. Then you get into 18, and now BYU's figuring it out at quarterback, some injuries and ineptitude, 7-6, and 7-6, six, and six, right? BYU's got to have that 10-win season. They've got to beat Utah. And then everything would be fine, right? When BYU win Indy, this made total sense. Now, it makes financial sense, but if you want a conference championship, um, then I understand why being in a league matters. When Utah and TCU left the Mountain West Conference, BYU fans were in this unique position of, well, we want to play – tough schedules, and we want to have good home schedules like Utah and TCU, so we're going to do it. And guess what? Tom Homo gave the majority or at least the vocal uh, part of the fan base that wanted that 
what they wanted. He get, and now it's like, well, maybe we don't want that. But here, we, here's we, the thing. We can't make the mortgage payment in that same neighborhood. BYU competitively has got to be better. Like, can you imagine going back to the Mountain West Conference and finishing third and going seven and six? How would you feel then compared to now? It's like, oh man, what we went back for this? We went back for that. You can't do it. Yeah, I believe that BYU would consistently be better than that over time against that competition. But I'm not saying they'd win ten games every year, but they have a way they'd have a way better shot on those schedules than this. I'm not saying do it. I'm just saying depends what you want. Depends what you want. At least you have the excuse of, well, the competition's tougher, so it's harder to win 10 games right now. What's the excuse if you go back and you don't win 10 games in the Mountain West? Excuses. What's the excuse then? I don't like that. (laughs) Our question of the day. With the uncertainty facing the 2020 college football season, is now the time for BYU to join a conference, even if it is Group of Five or gulp the Mountain West? Why or why not? Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. First response in from Matt Borge Tire on Twitter. There is one good reason to join a conference this season only. Not worth it unless the Mountain West Conference will take us for one year. Yeah, that ain't happening. No. And listen, BYU's not going back. That'd be like the the Pioneers going back to Nauvoo. No, it's not going to happen. They're out. This is the nature of of who we as a people are. BYU fans who are members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. No, no, no. We're going to go where no one else goes and do something that no one else has done, and we love that literal independence. Go to Utah where no one else is. Go to independence where, like, Utah and TCU left, bang, we're out of here. You know what? If you're not with us, you're against us. We're out of here. But in like, our that's society, in the nature of In our we society, are. if we want it now, we don't want to wait. Guess what? It takes time for things but, to build. What are you talking about? It's been nine flourish. years. We're waiting for the 10-win season. It would have happened 14-15 if you don't have an injury to your NFL quarterback. It, it could have happened multiple and your times. NFL running back. Yeah, yeah it could have happened multiple well, times. Well, let's raise a banner, and maybe it can have that as, on the asterisk. <laughs> Coming up, the best to wear it, numero uno. BYU basketball newcomer Dallin Hall joins us. Why he said yes to Mark Pope and BYU. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Friday, we've got a special. BYUSN play-by-replay, football against Tennessee. Join Kalani Satake, Mike Simon, Brady Christensen, and the two of us as we look back on that double OT victory in week two. It's Friday at noon Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Guess what? There's a great chance Tennessee home and road does not happen for BYU unless they are independent. And that's just the price you pay, but it provided another unforgettable moment. You you have like three non-conference games. You could still do it. Just tougher to make that happen. Just less options, less room. Yeah. But I don't know. It's, it's a flash in the pan. We want consistency, right? Yeah, I want winning. <laughs> like, yeah, I know. I, I don't want seven and six. <laughs> I don't care who BYU plays. I don't want seven and six. We are live in Studio B. This is your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with Jerem Jordan. And our first guest of the day has BYU basketball head coach Mark Pope singing serious praises. He is starstruck. Dallin Hall, first of all, this cat is like some kind of cross between Zac Efron and Brad Pitt. (laughs) 
Yes, the BYU Hoops signee, Dallin Hall, joins us via Skype on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline. So, Dallin, uh, what do you think of the comparisons by your head coach to Zach Efron and Brad Pitt? Um, I, <laughs> I don't know where to start. I'm, I can't, I'm not an actor, but <laughs> so I don't know where that's coming from. I'm just a hooper, but I'll take it. <laughs> but is it your looks? I mean, what, what, what is it? Yeah, I don't know. I'm just a really outgoing guy. Um, I love to have a good time. So I'm always laughing and those guys crack me up. So I'm always laughing with them. And I don't know if that's what he gets from me, then that's what he got. <laughs> Give us a sense of uh, Mark Pope is, uh, you know, mildly crazy in a great way. Um, <laughs> what what did he do in recruiting you that you were like, whoa, this guy's different? Um, it was funny, actually. He uh he recruited me super hard. Um, and then as soon as I was, they were one of my top options. It's almost like he tried to not recruit me. He tried to tell me like every reason, like why I shouldn't go there. He said, if you don't want to work as hard as you want to work, then I'm not the guy you want to come play for. And it was kind of weird, but it actually like, he, it helped me know what he's about. And he was relentless as long as, along with all of his assistant coaches and, they pursued me each and every day and I got a ton of phone calls <laughs> and I don't know. Coach Pope just has good energy about him. And I think that's what uh, was the biggest draw for me. Dallin, I saw you at BYU senior night, uh, the Gonzaga BYU spectacle and uh, hard not to be overwhelmed in a great way by the atmosphere. But uh, what did that experience do to kind of solidify you wanting to play for BYU? I would say that game um, was huge for me and I was already uh, down to them as one of my top schools. But when you see uh, them beat a team as big as Gonzaga and in that fashion with everyone there, um, just made the choice a lot easier for sure. Give us a sense of when BYU got on your radar. And I I think it's been a while, right? Uh, actually, yeah, I mean, before coach Pope had gone there, they kind of, they came to one game or a few and, but they hadn't said much. And then when coach Pope made the transition from UVU, he just called me like that first day on the job. And he said, Hey, I want you to know that wherever I'm going, you have an offer there. And that was big time to me, um, to make the call that first day. And I was actually in Hawaii with my fam when I answered. So, I mean, I was super grateful and BYU had then became one of my top schools because of Mark Pope. Did, was his number in your phone or was it a random number? It was in my phone from UVU. Nice. <laughs> They're like, Mark Pope, UVU? I'm not going there. No, just kidding. Dallin uh, Hall with us on BYU Sports Nation. Uh, let's. Uh, I, I want to bring up something that happened in the state championship uh, or after the state championship. You win a 6A title with Fremont High School. And one Donovan Mitchell wants to talk with you. So an NBA All-Star is giving you props. Explain what that moment was like. That was crazy. Uh, I was a little awestruck, and I didn't really know what to say, so I was mostly just the listener in the conversation. But he was a great dude. Um, He just congratulated me, and I was super grateful for him and all that he does for our state. I mean, that's big time for a guy of his uh, caliber to come out to high school games and support the state. So I was just super grateful and it meant a lot for me to shout me out on Twitter. Um, and 
that's my guy. I like, I can't wait to watch him back on the court. Yeah, that was pretty cool to see. Uh, are you the greatest, uh, you know, future BYU athlete from Fremont ever? I'm trying to remember. Was it Jared Jensen? Jared Jensen went to Fremont. Who's, Jared who's, Jensen. Who, who's the greatest BYU Fremont guy? As of right now, I would say it's probably him, but I'm hoping to change that. So. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Hey, 22 points a game uh, your senior year. What do you feel like you can bring to BYU basketball right now? Um, I think I can bring – I'm able uh, – the biggest part of my game is I elevate the players around me, and I've always done that since I was a little kid. And so I can't wait to play with uh, – five D one guys all at the same four other D one guys all on the court together and see how I can make them better and how they can elevate my game as well. So I think I can, me and coach Pope, I think uh, I can learn a lot from him and he'll take my game to the next level and I'll help BYU become a great team, even though they already are one. So just trying to make them better. There's a lot of dudes that put up like 22, 23 game, but I'm really impressed by your almost eight rebounds and seven assists, that overall game for you. And I believe it was in the state tournament, right? You had a single-digit scoring game, and then you had like a, like a high 30s, low 40s game. Where did that – and you mentioned you've been doing that since you were young, kind of elevating everyone around you. Where, where does that come from to where you could have that versatility to go, okay, I got to score a bunch today versus I got to set everybody else up? It comes from my dad, honestly. Um, he taught me since I was a little kid to make the right play. And so I just always tried to take what the defense gives me. Whether that be they collapse, I make the easy kick out, and then after I do that a few times, the defense can't help. So just whenever I make the right play, it makes the game feel easy. Dallin Hall with us on BYU Sports Nation, recent BYU basketball signee. Dallin, what's life like for you right now, uh, having high school finished at home and not being able to graduate in normal fashion and kind of having your high school career come to an abrupt end? It's kind of crazy. Um, I'm just kind of lifting a ton, hanging out with my family. And I feel super bad for those uh, spring sport guys, especially the seniors. Um, I don't know what I would have done if our season was cut short. So my heart goes out to those guys. But honestly, I'm just trying to make the best of it and just – take what life gives me i guess i'm a pretty chill guy i just kind of go with the flow <laughs> well if you're a mix of zach efron and brad pitt i think you gotta have some chill right <laughs> <laughs> that is true you have your mission call to the philippines remind us when you're supposed to leave um so i would report i report june 24th and whether that's to my downstairs basement online or to provo remains to be seen so hopefully it's the mtc vote We'll see. You're in for a real treat with the uh, safety zone, by the way, the safety videos. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Featuring these two clowns and a a friend of ours, Vivian. So, yeah, good good luck with that. We'll help you stay safe, (laughs) (laughs) Dallin. Do do you, I mean, what is that like? Because, yeah, you don't know if you're going to your basement or uh, the Philippines. I mean, that's got to be a little weird right now, right? It is pretty weird. Um, I'm just waiting to hear more, and until then, I'll just keep living life till whatever comes, comes. How much basketball are you playing right now, and, and where can you even play basketball? Uh, I have a hoop outside, so that's about where I play most of my basketball. Sometimes I'll go to the church just by myself, but I don't know. My favorite thing is always to play pickup, so it sucks right now that I can't get our team together and play some pickup, but 
What can you do? Listen, I'm not as good as you. Uh, I'm like one one hundredth of what your skill is. And I miss pickup in the mornings with my guys. You know what I mean? That's that's tough right now. Um, yeah, Mark Pope yeah. mentioned that your mom and dad were um, athletes in college. Give us a little bit of the background of your family there. Okay. My mom was a college athlete at Weber State. She did high jump. So those cool dunks, all, all to her. I, mean, I got to <laughs> give her the credit she's due. How she would slap me, but <laughs> <laughs> no, she's, she's big time and she's super supportive. And then my dad, um, he played at Salt Lake community college and I mean, he was a great player and he's always, he's taught me a lot about the game. I mean, it's growing up, it's just been me and him working. So I've been, my uh, player IQ has basically derived from him my, most of my life, and I'm super grateful for all the knowledge he's given me. Dallin, everybody is always interested in knowing, well, who was in your top five or your top three? So who are the other schools that were competing with uh, BYU uh, when you, before you made your decision? The, I would say the top four I had it down to was uh, Weber State, Utah State, BYU and then Oregon State. Um, so mostly those in-state schools were a big draw for me. I kind of want to stay closer to home, but Oregon State was great too because Coach Tinkle, he's a good dude out there. Absolutely. Well, we are really looking forward to, one, interacting you uh, with you via the safety zone, but also when you come to BYU and play, it's going to be a ton of fun. Congratulations on the decision, and uh, it'll be one you won't regret, man. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, I can't wait. Thank you very much, guys. You got hey, stay safe. Uh, let's give you some BYU Sports Nation karma to traverse through uh, the pandemic situation. And like Jerem said, we'll talk to you again soon. Okay, I can't wait. Thanks, guys. You got a Dallin Hall on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline via Skype. Deseret First, you know why. We show how. I called my shot a couple days ago. He'll be a first-team All-WCC player at some point. He's, He's got like that. He has that potential. Travis Hansen. Travis Hansen, dude. If he is, you know, close to Travis Hansen, if not, if not better, that's going to be awesome. Similar Mark, type player. Yes. Good defender, rangy, scorer, dog on the floor. Yeah. This staff really wanted him and pushed really hard to get him, so this was a really good get for BYU. Fantastic. Coming up, bitter Indiana fans already. <laughs> and who was the best to wear the jersey number one at BYU? Mm. No matter the sport. This is BYU Sports Nation. On the latest BYU Sports Nation right now, finals week is a bit different this year, but soccer players Cameron Tucker and Michaela Coolahan say some distractions stay the same. Check it out on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Teamed up with Jerem Jordan, I'm Spencer Linton. This is BYU Sports Nation, and yes, this is The Whip. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Volleyball. BYU has three first-team All-Americans for the first time since 2001 and for the second time in program history. They are Gabby Garcia-Fernandez, Davide Gardini, and Will Stanley. Garcia-Fernandez becomes the sixth BYU player ever with three All-American nods of first or second team. And BYU now has the second most All-Americans in history, first team that is, with 30. Zach Eschenberg was honorably mentioned as well. Athletics News. BYU and Western Kentucky riding the wave of that Sirius XM 2020 mascot national championship Twitter poll bracket are discussing actual games in the future. Both athletic directors, BYU's Tom Homo and Western Kentucky's Todd Stewart, have communicated, led off by WKU Stewart, who said on Twitter, Hey, Tom, 
Let's make it happen. Homo replied, ironic how Cosmo and Big Red could get their two ADs together to talk a little bit, a little future fun and games. Great chatting with you, Todd. Good luck to the Hilltoppers. If it's like a women's tennis series and that's it, it's like, oh, man. The Big Ten announces it's creating a task force for emerging infectious diseases. There will be a rep from each school formed to provide counsel and sound medical advice to ensure the health and safety of student coaches, admin, and fans. Cougs play Michigan State in Week 2, Minnesota in Week 4. This Golf. Peter Quest and Rhett Rasmussen of BYU Men's Golf, honored as members of the Ping Division I All-Region team. Both seniors have chosen to pursue pro careers instead of coming back to BYU with that COVID-19 exception. Quest ended his career with the best single-season stroke average in program history, 69.4. He had 10 career wins and was pacing to do some more magical things before the season was cut short. He was on the Haskins Award final watch list as the nation's best player. All right, Jerem, in golf, uh, if they had jersey numbers, then Peter Quest would definitely be in the conversation for the best to wear it. Yeah. But it turns out they don't have numbers. There are several sports to be wear that do have numbers, and that's what we're discussing now. The best to wear it. We'll ask this question each day as we decide and determine the best athlete to wear each number at BYU. We started with Brandon Davies, number zero yesterday. Today it is numero uno, Jerem. Chase Fisher, uh, some of the other nominees, Todd Watkins, uh, Chelsea Ooh. Goodman, Charles Boo, Omar Morgan. There have been some good ones. Chase Fisher played two seasons at BYU, transferred from Wake Forest. He was a Mark Pope get because Mark was in, uh, you know, the ACC working over there. Uh, he's in the BYU record books 139 times from the two years. His name is mentioned 139 times. Holy cow. Obviously a tremendous shooter, averaged almost 16 a game, shot 39% from three. Career high. 41 in a game, hit nine threes. He could he could make a shot at any point. And uh, he had the accent. I think he came on the show one time and he said, I'm about three things, God's gun and America. Uh-huh. And uh, that was like the greatest quote in the history of the show. <laughs> I love Chase Fisher. <laughs> a well-deserved honor for the former number one Chase Fisher. He was a big part of BYU, upsetting Gonzaga multiple times. Went to the NCAA tournament with BYU last time they uh, were there in 2015. Got BYU to an NIT Final Four along with Kyle Collinsworth. You brought up Todd Watkins. Todd Watkins might be the best deep threat that BYU football has ever had. Omar Morgan provided one of the greatest plays in BYU football history. But we're talking consistency, just night-to-night greatness. Chase Fisher is the guy. Yeah, Chelsea Gunman was legit women's volleyball as well. So he he was really fun uh, to watch play. And, and you thought every time he shot a three out, I thought it was going. Like that, like Jake Toulson, TJ Haas this year, that feeling, Alex Barcelo, where you're like, oh, this is going in. Connor Harding, for a while there, it did go in every time for Connor Harding. Um, it, it was fun to watch. So Chase Fisher, the best to wear it and number one. Remember when he made nine three-pointers in the first half of the EA Sports, at the time, Maui Invitational? EA Sports, it's in the game? 20, what was that, 2014, 2015? Against Chaminade? Yes, but the thing is, it was against Chaminade, but he'd he'd gone nine for nine from the three-point line in the first half, and he had stolen Twitter. He had stolen sports. Everyone was was like, oh my gosh, Chase Fisher! Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess it was late afternoon here, early-ish there, but yeah, that's, that's awesome. He was fun to watch, man. Okay, the best to wear it will continue. Guess what happens tomorrow? Number two. That's right. Coming up, top five Jamal Williams games. What will be number one? There's a, there's a specific reason we're doing this. And the Fox fan poll far from over, but Indiana fans are already collectively angry, and we are very entertained.
dive into that next. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. On the latest voiceover with Greg and Shep, the guys visit with the TV voice of the Utah Jazz, Craig Bowlerjack, to discuss his time calling BYU games back in the day. Now COVID-19 has affected him. Catch voiceover with Greg and Shep on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and the Twitter. Great stuff, and Bowler's a great guy. Got a picture of uh, me standing with him when I was... No, he got a picture with you. Sorry. 11 years old in the old KSL newsroom. Yeah, man. And now look at you. You're a KSL sports anchor now. That's cool. How about that? Oh, goodness. That's nice. He did tell me I might take his job one day. Listen, we say that to kids. It actually happens, it ha- right? It yeah, happens. There's going to be some some little uh, tyke out there that's going to come <laughs> replace us, you know, in like two years. Pretty cool stuff. No, I'll have like a seven-year-old. In, in two years? I, I act like a seven-year-old sometimes. No, so no, I think just that'd be when you graduate from BYU, that's when they can replace you, right? When they graduate? When you graduate. Oh, when I graduate? No, I've graduated. <laughs> I love that. Uh, I still get that from people. Oh, when do you graduate from BYU? Um, <clears throat> 2007. Like a long time ago. <laughs> I think people think we're way younger than we are. Oh, it's good stuff. And I, mature. I'd rather that than like, the other way. I think, Indi- I think I thought Indiana fans were more mature. Oh, boy. Whoa, whoa, hey, whoa. Yes. The studio bizzle is about to get woke with some amazing oh, tweets. Really? BYU and Indiana matched up in the Fox College Basketball Best Fans of the Nation bracket. and Indiana going for the Most Salty Fans uh, Award, which we didn't know was existing yet. Okay. They, the, they are well aware that there are conversations out there and that say BYU bought fan votes to win and advance in the brackets. So In serious? Not this one. In the serious? There's, there's no voter fraud in this one. Correct. Yet. Allegedly. Allegedly. So yeah. they have caught wind of the Sirius XM poll mm-hmm. and are now saying, oh, BYU tweets, okay? I'm going to read a tweet. This one is from a BYU apologist at Spaceboy00000. And I actually We're agree. We're off to a great start. Okay? I actually kind of agree <laughs> with this take. Wait, was buying votes against the rules? Is it against the rules or is it, quote, unethical? It's not against the rules. It's not against the rules, yeah. okay? Yeah. Okay. Um, Read at, the response. Uh, big Tipa. <laughs> because it's pathetic and is disproportionate to your actual marginal fan base. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think you understand the size of Brigham Young University. Not that difficult to comprehend. Can't wait for Michigan to lose to you in the ship, wherein you claim to be the top fan base, even though Michigan fans outnumber BYU fans 40 to 1. <laughs> now, that might have been a similar score in 2015. 15 football, but it's not in terms of the fan base. The fan base of BYU is uh, rather large, Indiana. Okay, back to Space Boy with five zeros. <laughs> space it's Boy. not a contest to see who has the most fans. It's a contest to see who has the ultimate fans. Yeah, baby! I think you missed the point. If we wanted to see who had the biggest fan base, they could have just looked at followings and called it a day. Well, you can bend it to fit your narrative all you want, but paying for robots who clearly have no affiliation with the university, <laughs> I would argue there are some robots wandering campus here, should disqualify you. That's like baseball players seeing who can hit the ball the furthest, but one of them is on roids. No, no, no. Roids are against the rules. Yes, they are. Is this against the rules? I don't know. It. Did it even happen? Question mark. And at Space Boy Five Zeros replies, "You can't be disqualified for something when there isn't a rule book." Yeah, 
Yeah, you use the tech, right? <laughs> yeah. I, I, wait, and here's the thing: Indiana's down 16 percent with one day left, 43 percent. At the end of the day, listen, who cares? It's all good. It's a Twitter yeah. poll. Oh. If BYU wins, sweet. If they right. don't, who cares? Yeah, and guess what? Other fan bases, you're allowed to do it too. But, like and, you, yeah. you could, you could do it too. We've given voice to this one. <laughs> we've we've given voice to Doug Robinson. And now this Indiana fan today. Oh, we're going to sev- we're gonna go. give voice to several Indiana fans. At VHS Steven underscore jumps in claiming BYU is using unfair measures. The fact of the matter is, it is extremely unlikely that these massive bursts of vote in favor of BYU, along with evidence of BYU fans admitting to buying votes, <laughs> Johnny Linehan, <laughs> that this could be anything else. Is it possible it's fair? I guess, but the chance of paid votes, way higher. You're allowed to do it too. That is, I that's agree the with your opinion. Yeah, yes. At VHS, Steven jumps. But they can do it too. So why wouldn't they counter it? Counter it. Listen, just because we have Silicon Slopes and you have French Lick doesn't mean you can't compete. Counter it. Counter Let's it. Let's go, Larry Bird transferred. You're telling me Indiana doesn't have a rich booster that wouldn't buy 10,000 votes? Get out of here. Listen, Archie Miller is working on a strength of schedule. He's not working on the Twitter poll. Get out of here. Kay. He's fighting with Joe Lenardi. This from Hoosier Buddy on Twitter. I like that. Hoosier. That's good. Okay. That's good. Haven't checked today, but BYU had one of their miracle spikes last night to take <laughs> the lead. It's always at night. Went from down 18% to up 20% in less than an hour. Hmm. <laughs> I think people are forgetting some historical facts relative to a population spike with members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints yes. during a certain period in the 1800s, uh, you know, and then that thing was ended, but there were lots of kids that have... Anyway, there are a lot of BYU fans that exist, and uh, they can vote, right? Or it's bots. I don't know. Who's your buddy then decides to appeal to the P5 Brotherhood to take down BYU with... At Indiana MBB, let's get the votes out. We can't let the BYU bots win this. <laughs> Calling on the Big Ten Conference to help. It's Michigan, Michigan State, Purdue, Wisconsin, Minnesota, Northwestern, Iowa, Illinois, Ohio State, Rutgers. Do they still have an athletic program? Uh, Maryland, Nebraska, and Penn State. <laughs> all the, the basketball teams. They're, they're assuming that all of those teams like Indiana, which is not the case. Specifically, <laughs> Purdue, who I like hates Indiana. Indiana. Purdue hates Indiana, and there was a Purdue, a Purdue blog yesterday that said, uh, do we want an Indiana billboard in West Lafayette? It's, no, vote for BYU. It's a Twitter poll. Who cares? Indiana fan at Safo937 blames it on the Mormons. This just isn't even fair. There's 6 million Mormons. Church of Jesus Christ, Latter-day Saints. BYU is going to win this whole thing. They found a way to cheat the system and beat Dayton. It's an upset if they don't. Ooh, already already conceding to favorite. Okay, who's your faithful? Uh, at Brissett season questions, there can't. Oh, sorry, not who's your faithful. Yeah, oh, sorry, sorry. An Indiana fan at Brissett season says there can't be this many BYU fans. Uh, I think there are. That's Wh- the thing. And if there aren't, I don't care. Which led to a fantastic reply from at Syracuse that included a picture of a vast blank Indiana landscape. There's like this lone tree and then just plains and nobody. It says, how many India- Indiana fans can there be? <laughs> and finally, this dunk on Indiana from BYU fan at Dr. Cal 62. Here we go. <laughs> Indiana plays in an Assembly Hall, BYU Place in the Marriott Center. That's like comparing Motel 6 to a Marriott Resort. Oh! 
The best hey. facilities, the best fans. Oh. Go BYU. It's a Twitter poll. Gym measuring has been brought in. Yes, it has. <laughs> it happens. And it doesn't. It doesn't matter. matter. <laughs> that segment just happened. <laughs> Coming up. Are you not entertained? What is this, Gladiator? Who gets today's heralded Rise and Show? And the top five Jamal Williams games on Top 5 Tuesday. Number 21 is BYU Sports Nation. This segment of BYU Sports Nation, presented by Delta Airlines. Keep climbing. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation, the show available anytime on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. We'd like to welcome the Indiana fans now joining this program in progress. You can download the podcast via BYU Sports Nation. Uh, just Google it. Gary, Indiana, Gary. Oh, I love the music, man, dude. That's great. Yeah. It's, great. My, one of my, it's in my top 13 musicals. Absolutely. Yeah, all kidding aside, I, lo- I love Indiana. I really do. It's a great state. It's a great state. Peyton Manning, Indianapolis Colts, yeah. Pacers, Mark Pope. <laughs> Trying to climb out of the hole? What's no. going on here? Okay. <laughs> it is time for Top 5 Tuesday, presented by Delta, and it is April 21st. We are focusing on a former number 21 at BYU, Jamal Williams. NFL draft is a couple of days away. That's right. Okay, Top 5. Number 5, Jamal Williams. His breakthrough performance came in 2012. It took our homie Michael Elisa breaking his arm for him to get the first team reps and bang 155 yards and two touchdowns as a freshman and route to a 47 nothing victory this is also Taysom Hill's first start by the way he'd go for 100 plus two more times that season and rush for 12 total touchdowns we thought Jamal would be good he he was 17 when he came to BYU but we were like who is this cat also this is the greatest offensive lineman performance in history Famika and I gets the start has two dudes carted off and then he retires after this game. <laughs> like, I've never seen anything like that. And he blocked for Jamal and Taysom, and they ran wild. Yes, Taysom went 100-plus in this as well. Okay. It's one thing to beat a bad Hawaii team at number four. It's another to do it on the road against ACC competition. Jamal with another classic game against Georgia Tech, accounting for 161 yards of total offense and four Count him four touchdowns. He scored 24 of BYU's 41 points in a resounding win over the Yellow Jackets in Atlanta. This is also Ziggy Ansah's coming out party. This team goes 8-5 in 2012. I, dude, I think if they're in the Mountain West, they're a 10-win team. I just, they, they just played a lot of tough competition. Yes, that team could have won 10 games in the Mountain yeah. West. Yeah, absolutely. Hard to know exactly. Number three, Jamal's final game. At BYU, the Poinsettia Bowl in San Diego. It, w- it started raining in the beginning of the game. It didn't stop. He went hog wild. <laughs> 210 yards and a touchdown. He's he's summoning people. I love it. He's here, running over fools. Like, Josh Allen's in this game, by the way. He becomes a first-round pick in the NFL draft. But Jamal Williams was the best player in this game. Jamal Williams and BYU forever. Poinsettia Bowl chance. And how about that block from Jonah Trineman? Yeah. Ah! So good. I remember Jonah. At number two, Jamal had this thing of going on the road and beating a Power 5 competition. Um, like Michigan State in 2016, he tallied 163 yards, 62 of which came on a single play and two touchdowns on the ground. Taysom Hill and Jamal do it again, this time to Sparty in East Lansing. Michigan State had made the college football playoff the year before, and they had kind of struggled out of the gate. 
they end up what four and eight, I think. They were I don't, two I don't and even one. care. They were two and one when BYU played them. Yeah. So then they're two and two after right, they're five hundred through four. I this was a good win. I don't care if they're 0-12. This is a good win to go on the banks of the Red Cedar, as Reese Davis would say, and get this win. That was awesome. It was very exciting. And the top game in the history of Jamal Williams at BYU. Absolutely. This is this is the most rushing yards in a game at BYU by any player, 286, and it tied the rushing TD record at five. Jamal Williams versus Toledo, 2016. Kareem Hunt is on the other side for Toledo. Logan Woods side, both in the NFL. Both teams had NFL backfields with quarterback and running back. And Jamal Williams was unbelievable in this walk-off shootout field goal by Rhett Almond winner. What a what a night. It was a Friday night, and it was so fun. 286 yards. That is crazy at BYU. It's nuts. That was amazing. That was, and he went 200-plus twice that year, this game and Wyoming in the bowl. Top 5 Tuesday featuring Jamal Williams, now for our Elite Voice of the Day, presented by Sundance Mountain Resort. Jim, you never get to do this. Jonathan Robinson on Facebook. Anybody who says we need to go back to the Mountain West really has lost the point. Our recruiting has improved as an independent. That's debatable, by the way. We are able to play anybody anywhere. Staying independent is our best shot. Best shot at what? Being a free agent and hopefully getting into a Power 5. Is that where we are? We're divorced on purpose? <laughs> Today's rise and shout-out is a combined effort. Joey's four All-American men's volleyball players. What a season. It was so fun to watch. And then to have three first-team All-Americans in Garcia Fernandez, Gardini, Stanley, and then uh, Eschenberg, honorable mention. That was pretty awesome. I'm just going to say it. 2020 national champs, Jerem. I know you don't want to go there, but I do. Don't say it. Declare it. I declared it. Our thanks to today's guest, BYU basketball commit, Dallin Hall. Sorry to Dennis Pitta, we ran out of time. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and uh, any others that are created in the future. For Jeremiah Spencer, shout out to Atula Mealy. See you on BYU Sports Nation tomorrow. Go Cougs. Hi, Perdita here with All Round.